You're listening to His and Hers Uncensored with Alshay and Whitney. Yeah, and so there, there's a disconnect. When you don't see that there's powers orchestrating all this, it's very easy to point fingers, right? And to get into the place of, of separation. Like if you look at the Willie Lynch letter, it was saying that you separate these people by color, skin tone, you know what I mean? By, by gender, right. and you separate them by age, right. right? So because the black community have failed to understand that, you have the older generation that will look at a young boy that's wearing a leotard because he saw Lil Wayne wear one, and they're like, nigga, what the hell is wrong with right, this young right, nigga? Right. Like, they just rebellious. Right, right. They just, and they don't realize, no, this is the only image of validate of a validated male he's ever seen. Mm. Right. When he goes to school, all the girls, he wants validation, and all the girls he knows like Lil Wayne, right. even though he's wearing the leotard. Right. So in his mind, I need to look like him so I can get the validation. Right. I need to dress like him. I need to act like him. I need to think like him. And so, and that's why they took over hip hop, because they knew if I can put something in front of you and I can make it what I want it to be, then I'm gonna be able to make all your children become what I want them to be. Because they know we need to be validated. It's a human need, right? But when you look at the black community, going back to that, it's like our 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 forefathers, they had to just separate themselves from their emotions. Right. So if you talk to people in that black in, the, in that 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 era about emotions, most of them don't feel it. They be like, I ain't going with that, man. Like, I ain't about no emotion. They don't even want to talk about that. So for them. You, you got people in that generation right. that have been raped. Mal- uh, they don't talk about none right. of it. They just let they don't address none of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And they mind, it's like, look, as long as I'm working my job and paying my bills, I'm, I, I raise my kids right. and they good, I'm straight. I'm straight. Like, I, I'm, I did, I did my, my job. job. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what, what's, what's sucks about it is that there's no understanding of how that affects, it doesn't just affect our relationship with people. Ultimately, it affects our relationship with God. And so, because if, if I'm separated from my emotions, this is what God told me, right? A few years, because, so a little background about me, right? Like, I grew up without my father. My father got, got was a victim of the crack era, you know what I mean? So, when I grew up, it was only me and my mom. And my mom had her own pain, stuff she was going through, but she did an amazing job, right? Did her best. And so, with that, I had my own trauma when it came to receiving love from God. Mm. And it was, and for years, just being completely transparent because it heals people. I struggled with masturbation. I struggled with um, fornication. I struggled with all these different things. And, and like, God had to begin teaching me, like, yo, like, when I really started walking with God and trying to break it and realizing, yo, this is an addiction. I can't break this. Right. God started teaching me, one, that what I was taught the gospel was wasn't really what the gospel was. He wasn't looking for me to perform a certain way. I mean, one time I failed, and this is what God said to me. He said, well, son, like, I'm like, I, I'm sorry, man. I did this, and I hate this, and I know you're mad at me. And he was like, yo, like, honestly, son, it's normal for you to struggle with that. Right. I said, what? Last thing I expected God to say. He said, it's normal for you to struggle with that. You've After you've been through this and this and this, there's people who have been through that that are doing worse. Right. He said, it's not that it's okay, but it's normal. He said, I'm going to help you work. I'm going to deliver you from this. I'm going to bring you out of this. What, what it is, is deliverance. It's, it's dependence that God is after. Right? Not our holiness. The Bible says that Jesus is our holiness. Right. 
And so I say that to say that, I say all that to say, in the black community, as I've been going through my healing process, from my own trauma, what God has shown me is like, I, I asked God one time, I was like, man, God, it's so hard to grasp your love. If you, Christianity doesn't work as, as a doctrine. It's terrible as a, doc, as a doctrine. That's why all of us have experienced what we, we've experienced in churches with these religious people, because it doesn't mm-hmm. work as a doctrine. It only works as an experience. If you take out the experience of I am literally experiencing God's love, not like, oh, I felt this good presence, but no, like I've literally experienced his love. Most most Christians in America haven't experienced that. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I'm not exactly like most. We say we have, but we really haven't. But there's, we're in the last days, man, and it is coming a time where God is, a, he's pouring out his spirit like never before. But I say this, I know I'm pretty long-winded, but you good. I say this to say that what he showed me was, he said, son, I can't love who you're pretending to be, mm. right? <laughs> I'm loving who you really are, right? Like when, when God looks at us, he sees who we really are. Mm-hmm. And that's who he's in love with, right? That's who he saved. Mm-hmm. That's who he's molding, right? But we've been taught for so long, we have to be a certain type of person or a certain way that we bring that to God, right? right. And God is like, man, I can't love that. This is what God told me. This is literally what he said to me one day. He said, son, I'm gonna tell you what you're like. And he told me a story. He said, you're like a woman who was molested from the time she was six. Yeah. After she was molested, because she was molested, when she got of age, she became a prostitute. She said, so now in her mind, her only self-worth, the only thing that makes her desirable is her body and her ability to please a man. He said, so she's in prostitution for years, but then she ends up meeting this billionaire that is head over heels for her, very wealthy man, man so in love with her. The man sees past her body, he thinks that she's beautiful, but there's something about her. He's in love with her. Right? Everything about her, her good, her bad, or ugly. So he says, This man marries this woman and he loves everything about her. He said, But the sad thing is, is this woman can only receive love when she's pleasing him in the bed. Mm-hmm. Because in her mind, that's the only time that she's lovable. And he said, That's exactly what you're like. You've lived in this world where you were taught you were only lovable when you can perform how people want you to perform, even with your parents, right? If a parent is, can't be fully, completely rooted in the love of God, it's really easy to jack our kids up. Right. And, and, and what we do is we end up instilling into our child that only when they're performing are they enough, mm. right? And so you have to be very, very careful because it's very easy as a parent to be, don't do that, stop doing that, stop doing that, and not secure the kid enough in how much we appreciate the other things about them. Right. Or tell them, you know what I mean? Man, I don't like what you do, but I still like you. And so when you look at the fact in the black community, we don't even understand the way emotional health works. So there's this thing called labeling that happens way too much in the black community. If a kid is struggling with something, we say, oh, you lazy, you lazy, you rebellious, you got a bad attitude, you disrespectful, you bad, you this. But when you are telling the kid this, the very kid you're telling this is looking to you to see how they need to feel about themselves. So then when we say you're lazy or you're this, they think, oh, I must be lazy because mom or daddy told me I'm lazy. And literally that becomes their identity. And so if I'm under this identity, how can I receive from God that I'm lovable, I'm righteous, I'm the apple of his eye, I'm pleasing, when I've already received the identity from my parent and my community that I'm not lovable, I'm not enough, 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. I can't receive it. Right. I can't receive the very thing I need the most because I don't see myself as, we can only receive the love that we think we deserve. Right. Right. And so in the black community, nobody's worked through their trauma. So they're coming to God. And, and I want to just applaud my people though, because in the black community, we are some of the most spiritual people. You know what I mean? We are. Some of the most spiritual people. But it's a tragedy that we're the most spiritual, That's, but I, hold, we I, have I the think, biggest think, inability think, to receive love. I, I think you got to watch that when you say we're some of the most spiritual, because people might not understand the difference between spiritual and religious. I think mm-hmm. we have a high volume of religious people and a low mm-hmm. volume of spiritual people. Mm. Well, I'm going to say this. I think that we actually have a high level of spiritual people. I just think that, our, because this is what I'm saying, the people in the black community that are religious, they're religious because spiritually, they're, they're drawn to what they need spiritually, but they just don't, they don't got anybody to give it to them. That's the issue. Right. The black community isn't equipped to give the spiritual food that the black people are looking for. Mm-hmm. But they're spiritual because they're looking for the spiritual food. They just can't find it. That's why you got so many people in the black community that once they don't get it, they'll they don't just stop altogether. They don't say there's no God. You know what I mean? Right. Other races, they'll be quick to say there's no God. Because they that's see a lot of black I people. am like, I believe you know there, I believe yeah. there's a God. I just yeah. I, I'm just not really seeing him in the Christian church. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why I say we're spiritual. Because there's not too many black people that's gonna say there's no God. They'll just say, man, I'm tired of this this whole religious thing, man. I ain't getting what I need. Maybe I'm going to try the Hebrew Israelites, or maybe I'm going to try this Egyptology or whatever else, because whatever over here happened, it ain't what's it. You know what I mean? And so they'll literally go to something else because what was supposed to give them what they needed wasn't equipped to do it because they don't got it. Right. Right? You can't give what you don't have. Right? And so but that's why, man, when I got, when I found out I was having a kid, I was so scared, bro. It is, it is a scary <laughs> thought. Like, I'm on duty. I was scared. I was scared. Just terrified. And I knew that I was at the time, like when I found out that I was pregnant, I was like at the point of battling, uh, do you even want to stay in this relationship? But then when I found out that mm-hmm. I was pregnant with a, a girl, I was like, I, there's no way I'm gonna stay in this toxic relationship and teach her, like you said. I don't want to mm. pass down that generational curse of teaching her that you have to take this dysfunction and settle. And this is all that mm. this is just the highest level of love that you can receive. Um, it became so much about me and about empowering myself and, and, and empowering mm. her. Um, sometimes I wonder because she, she's super smart and I'm like, maybe I, I gave her too much too fast, but <laughs> I do not like I just I wouldn't I would. I would have did her a disservice to saying something where even though she may not understand what was going on, she would still view what was going on. So that would be her mm-hmm. first images that's, of yep. what love was supposed to be. So mm-hmm. that's so, the biggest teacher. So so with that, do you think that that was the start of your um, fe- your feminist? I do. Um, I really, in the beginning, like I would tell anybody that becoming a mom and becoming a mom to a female child gave me so much strength strength that I did not know I that I could encompass I didn't know that I had because I when I say I was in a relationship and I was just a shell of a person like and it went from 
being and settling in this relationship to oh you have a daughter on the way I'm out and I was just I just it, it was surprising to my family and my friends because they were like for so many years we wanted you to get out of this relationship and all of a sudden you just left it brought a new strength it, it brought a new strength in me and I had to learn to love myself because I know that the emotions started in vitro. So I didn't want to be sad and angry and bitter so that those emotions would flow to her even before mm-hmm. she had a chance to be happy. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Israel, I know one of my biggest fears in raising children is really not knowing because it's like yeah. it's like it's like oh, it's man. like having a sculpture art contest and you doing it blindfolded and you don't know what you have until mm-hmm. it's the end man wow that's so real man, man. It's, so scary. it's crazy because you can do everything now everything you you try to lead them in the right way you try to guide them perfectly you know you try to mm-hmm. teach them you know but at the end of the day, once that masterpiece is done, you can't mm-hmm. like and you turn that project into the world. That's what it is. Like mm-hmm. that's what it is. Is it is it, is it going to be a Picasso yeah. or is it going to be a Joe Blow? It's like mm-hmm. I'm saying. Well, I well. ask you a question. Um, as we start to wrap it up, um, you spoke mm-hmm. uh, just re- reversing back when you spoke about uh, the way that your wife wanted to be loved have you guys had a conversation about and this is something we're, we're definitely going to go more in depth um in a later episode but have you guys had a conversation mm-hmm. or even uh acknowledged love languages oh yeah yeah we definitely have mm-hmm. and so i asked yeah, that huge. because um both of us when we met and started to interact with each other um we both I feel like we were both at a place where we weren't ready to accept anyone else's love but we started Mm -hmm. to explore what it would be to love somebody else and I know the best way for me to explain it and even when I do couples therapy I say that it's important to know your partner's love language because you could be showing them love as you know how and it's just as if you're speaking French to a person who's fluent in Spanish. Like you're telling them mm-hmm. that you love them, but I don't understand what you're saying because that's not how I receive love. And mm-hmm. so that's something that we, yeah. we did do early on because I wanted to know how to love him because he showed mm-hmm. me love in ways that I knew that I wanted to be loved, but I never received it. So it was hard for me to receive what I knew I wanted. Welcome back to His and Hers Uncensored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so crazy because I think too, yeah, oh, that's so good. I'm sorry, you can keep going. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's just, that's, that's so good. Yeah, man, if y'all, when y'all do open it up, let us know, man. We may, you know, the wife sure. would love to do it. Like, I, but it's like, like 
like man like i definitely i definitely enjoyed this episode man um we definitely gonna have you on on here again for this sure this is about to be a part one and two just so you know you know what i'm saying we definitely going oh yeah yeah it's so we ain't even touched them. there's so much to get into one one time just the black community yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you gonna probably be a, a regular like <laughs> yeah we bring it in man, i would love that back, man you know what I'm <laughs> I would be honored, man, because we we I, I love what y'all are doing, man. Like the message needs to be getting out yeah. to our people because the blessing about the black community is that they are a lot of. I mean, you got some that's closed minded, but a lot are open. They're looking for the truth. They're looking for some type of way to make sense of everything that's going right. on. They just it's just that Satan has done a really good job at putting so many distractions and then so many false truths out there. Right. That you really gotta weave through so much to find what the truth really is. Right. You know, but when you see it, it's so clear. Everything makes sense after that. You Everything's know, you know, um, you one of the reasons why like me and you had many conversations back in the day about this. And mm. a lot of things that you say stick with me. And mm. I don't know if it's what you're saying or that I see you still battling with things that let me hold on to what you say. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's mm. easy <clears throat> for somebody who's went through the trenches to try to tell somebody who's going through the trenches now and not be relatable. But, mm. but when you're still on the front lines with the people that you're going through the trenches with, that makes it so much more. Because mm-hmm. I had a I had an incident with uh, 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 Montel Montel uh, at, at Victory. You know mm-hmm. he I, I I wanted him to be my mentor because I was like mm-hmm. I was like yo you know I I did music you know what I'm saying you know I battled with some of the things you battled with you know like you was talking about uh, chicks and all that stuff and you know like the way he came at me was like. Uh, well, I'm not playing no games. When you ready, just know that uh, he's. I'm. I'm I want to say his exact words or close to it. He was like, uh, uh, well, you can't be playing no, no games when you come over here. So make sure you're ready. Like, what you mean, bro? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> What you mean? Like, you didn't oh, do it. Man. Especially when yeah. he started talking about his testimony, you know, about mm-hmm. about his wife about to leave him and everything. Yeah. I'm saying, so so why but, would you come somebody but, who's uh, looking for guidance that way? Yeah. But what color is he again? He black dude. Exactly, you know bro. Saying? You know what I mean? In the black in the black community, we've literally been attached to the law. We, we view the New Testament with an Old Testament mentality. Right. You know I mean? And so, in that, and this is why God, this is why struggle is one of the biggest blessings of all. If, if we really can understand the gospel and see what struggle really is, it is one of the biggest blessings that God has right. actually ever given us. Right. Because he says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Right. Not in your strength. So that means you, you it's required to have weakness to get God's strength. Right. And the reason why is because when you when you struggle, the Bible says it's only the poor in spirit that get the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of heaven is really God's rule, everything God offers us, right? right. 
And so the reason why so much of the church isn't getting it is because we lack being poor in spirit, right? We lack the humility and the reality that we just don't got it. We're not enough to get it. So we're still trying to get it in ourselves. And the biggest deception is when a person thinks that they overcame something themselves. Right. Because then what they'll do, you someone in the black community, those people will look at the younger generation and say, ah, oh, you just don't want it bad enough. Mm-hmm. You just, you just, you playing, you, you're not serious, you're not, you know. But what it is, is like, no, this person may really want it so bad, but just be weak and can't break out of it. Right. But when a person goes through that process and God delivers them, what it usually is supposed to teach a person is, man, anytime I see somebody else struggling, I'm going to point them to God because that's the only thing that got me out. I'm not going to tell them do these steps. I'm not going to say do this. I'm going to be like, brother, look, go to God. Tell God what you're dealing with. You need him. You know what I mean? Tell him that you need right. him. Build this relationship and let him do it for you because we don't got it. Right. We don't. God said, I want holiness, not self-discipline. You know right. Because if it was self-discipline, then people could say that God wasn't fair. Because you have some humans that have more self-discipline naturally than others. For sure. You know what I mean? But when it comes to what God requires is dependence. And that's hard for every human to do. To learn not to be dependent, not to do what I want to do, but to become so dependent on you that now you live through me. I know? think that's I think that's, that's a, even. I think right? that's the major thing in um, the black community, dependence, because we don't want to depend on nobody. Nobody. We don't want to depend nobody. on nobody to the point to where we don't even want to help each other out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and it's so yeah, and it's so hard to break out of out of that, right? Like, and I think this is one of the biggest issues of just anybody that's on the path. And I, I just feel God wanting me to say this: anybody, somebody's gonna listen to this. They're on the path, and they're they're trying to to get to that place. They understand the gospel. They're trying to get dependent on God, but they just don't know how to be dependent. Right. And this is what God broke down to me. He said, "For you, dependence means performance." Mm. He said, because the only other time in life you've ever been completely dependent was when you were dependent on your mom. Mm-hmm. And what was required of you was performance. So now when I tell you I want dependence, you think I want performance. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to do is get rid of your performance and let you see that I'm not about your actions. I don't want you just doing these actions. I'm after your heart. And so really, and honestly, to get closer to God, to really get closer to God and experience God, we have to literally let God expose and deal with every intimacy issue that we have and that's what really the issue is yeah. we have intimacy issues right we don't know how to be intimate and close with people and that goes with the thing that we want the most with yeah yeah the thing we want the most we're the most afraid of right this one got last last i'm gonna say last i'm gonna shut up like, <laughs> you good man because because for like like god has dealt with my my masturbation praise god right he, he's helped me walk clean of that for a good minute but now it's like lust Right, that I've been working through. You know what I mean? And praise God, my wife has been like such a help for me in that. <laughs> but, like, said my wife been a help for me with that. For real, like, man. Yeah, not, not even in the sense of us sleeping together, but in the sense of like, I can talk to her and be like, babe, I'm sorry. Today was a day I was struggling. You know what I mean? And I know it's a blessing to have that. Not everybody can do right, that. Right, 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 right. We gotta have her say, babe, today, man. We got to. Yeah, oh, definitely, man. She's taught me so much, man. But like, our story's crazy too. I gotta tell you our story sometimes. For sure. But, the other day, I woke up, man. I'm, I'm spending time with the Lord, and okay, I'm gonna tell you this quick story. I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. It's so good. So I woke up in the morning, right? Because I've been really trying to break through to this next level with God. So I wake up. It's like five in the morning. I, I took care of our baby because he woke up to eat, right? So I'm getting ready to go up front and pray to God, spend some time with him, right? But then I see my wife laying in the bed. She's looking all good. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, 
I could just lay out and cuddle for a minute, you know, fill up against somebody, you know, feel all good. And so I had to choose. God was like, yo, I'm not commanding you to come pray. It's your choice. So I lay down. I end up laying, I say I'm gonna lay down for 15 minutes. I lay down for like an hour. Now it's time for me to go to work. Mm. So I get up and I'm headed to work and I'm like, dang, God, I'm tripping, man. Like, what's, I'm, I'm choosing that over you? Like, man, come on, I'm tripping, right? He said, son, look at this. He said, I said, come to me all who are weary and heavy burden and I'll give you rest. He said, take on my yoke and learn from me because my yoke is easy. He said, so literally, son, you've been in bondage so long in your life. You have to come to me and let me teach you what freedom looks like. Mm. Right? A person who was born a slave don't even know what's been taken from Right. Him, right? So we literally have to walk with God and he has to teach us what this looks like. And that's why it's so hard to walk out of anything. It's so easy to go back into it because the mentalities, the way we perceive things are all still Comfort zone. So I get the work. Yeah, comfort zone, exactly, comfort zone, right? So I get the work and I'm like, dang Lord, okay. I said, God, I'm I'm tripping. Like really, there's no, there's no comparison between you and the body of a woman. And he stopped me. He said, son, I appreciate you saying that. That's true, but you don't believe that in your heart. And I realized when he showed me my heart, I said that with my mouth, but in my heart, it was a competition. Right. Which is why I would be so tempted to look at a woman and be like, dang, y'all know I need to do this, but dang, man, oh man, thank you. Right. Because he's like, yo, in your mind, they're equal. They're, they're competing for each other. And he was like, the reason why is because you've never experienced the pleasure that I provide. Mm. You've experienced the pleasure of a woman before. Right. He said, the reason why I haven't given you the pleasure that I provide yet is because I want you dependent on me as a father and not as a drug. Right. He said, so if I give you my pleasure right now, you will only come to me for the pleasure, but not for me. Mm. Right. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I get it. Right. So this is the last thing. So I'm, I'm riding that morning and now love start popping up and I turn my head like, oh man, come on. And God said, stop, stop. He said, son, remember, it's not about actions. This year is all about you relating to me. So he said, so let's talk. Let, let, let's, let's, let's relate. He said, what are you really wanting when you see these women? What do you really want? I said, validation. And that's another thing. We'll talk about that another time. But in the past, God showed me that validation was driving my love. Mm. So he said, he said, um, what are you really wanting? I said, validation. That's what you said, right? He said, yeah, but it goes deeper. He said, validation that comes from being intimate with something you find valuable. Mm. Right? He said, when you were a child... You didn't have a father there. You saw your father as valuable, but you feel like he didn't find you valuable. So what that told you was whatever you find valuable won't find you valuable. Mm. So now you've been going through life trying to find and possess whatever you find valuable because you don't believe that you're valuable, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, intimacy, okay. And then this is what he said, bro, and it, it broke me. I was almost in tears. I'm driving. Yeah. I was almost in tears. He said, you desire intimacy so what you settle for is what you're really lusting after is me. He said, I'm the most valuable thing in the whole universe, right? You're really desiring the intimacy that I provide, but you're settling for this. And he said, what, you, what, what, what does lust lead to? He said, lust usually leads to physical intimacy. He said, but physical intimacy is the lowest form of intimacy because mm. it's rooted in the natural realm. He said, what you really want, he said, this is what's wrong with your generation. He said, you have a generation that yearns for emotional intimacy, but they're afraid of emotional intimacy. So what they settle for is physical intimacy because it's actually safer. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's safer, right? Which really is, da is, da is dangerous, you know what I mean? Because you can get something. But he's like, but it's for you, it's safer. Emotionally, it's safer. Right. He said, because 
if you connect with the person emotionally and you let them see all of you emotionally and they still reject you, then that means they have rejected who you truly are. Right. So it's easier to just give your body and somebody reject you and say, like, oh, okay, you don't know me. You know what I mean? Or you can give them a portray to be somebody you're not and they can reject you and it's like, okay, whatever. But if you really was to give a person all of you, you're good, you're bad, you're ugly, and they reject you, they rejected everything you are. Right. And he said, that's what, that's your greatest fear. Right. He said, so what you're really looking for is intimacy with me. You're really looking for what only I provide. But it's a perverted version of me. Mm. Blew my mind, bro. Destroyed me. I was like, yo. Yo. So I said, I have to say, like, whoever... I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be somebody listening to this that's like working into trying to receive God's love. They know God loves them in their head, but they don't know how to get it in their heart. Right. And I just feel like whoever that is, God is saying like, it's all about relationship. Mm. Let go of what the do's and don'ts and learn how to relate to me. Learn how to relate to me. Every day, talk to me. If you're struggling, talk about the struggle. That's how it's got with me, man. I'd be like, God, man, shoot, man. If you let, if I, if you wouldn't stop me, I would do this. Right. If you wasn't telling me, if you wasn't here, I would do that. You gotta help me, Lord. Like, take these desires out of me. Right. He's the only one that can clean our heart. We can't clean our heart. We're helpless to do. Right. That. We can meditate on scripture. We can do all that stuff. But He's the only one that can make it life. He, he's the only one that can make it become living for us. Right. Man. Yeah, man. That was Love deep, you guys, bro. Man. That was that was that was deep. Mm. Um. Well, we definitely have to get you back on the episode with your wife because I would be interested yes. to talk to you all. Um, probably when we do talk about the love languages, I'll be interested to talk to you all about your relationship and um, how you express love and speaking about love languages. And I appreciate all the gems that you dropped because right. I might have been that right. person listening to you. Because right. um, it was mm. definitely some things I'm like, oh, I got to take mental note of that. Right. So I appreciate you being transparent with us and sharing a part of your world with right. us. Um, and once again, for the people, if you can give us your social media um, and we will be out. Yeah, go ahead and drop that out right. media again for us, uh, Israel. Oh yeah, it's uh, Instagram at Israel King I S R E A L K I N G. It's the same thing on um, Twitter, I believe too. Israel King's the same thing on Facebook. Um, we're also putting up our website too for the Love Trap Company. That'll be up by probably summertime too. So okay, yeah, man, okay. super excited about that. Bet. All right, yeah. well, I appreciate it, man. Um, it was definitely a good uh, episode to. Uh, today and we'll be hearing from you again man alright thank you alright thanks everybody for listening everybody have a good night yeah. good night All right. good night